Hi, I'm Yvonne Craig, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 118 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak, your host, and this is On Screen and Beyond, where we keep you updated on movies, remakes, sequels, and all sorts of things as far as DVDs, TV DVDs, all that sort of stuff. And, of course, our interview segment. And we have a great guest coming up this week. And she is just an amazing person. It was a great to talk with her. It's Yvonne Craig. She played Batgirl on Batman back in the 60s. So Yvonne's going to be coming your way in just a minute. Uh, of course, she appeared in a lot of other movies and TV shows. She's going to talk about all that. But she's most notable for her green alien dancer in the original Star Trek. And, of course, Batgirl in the 60s TV classic Batman. And I had a chance to sit down with Yvonne. And uh, she shared some great, interesting stories with us. So I hope you'll enjoy that one. It's coming up in just a few minutes. And this week, we take our monthly trek into seeing what will be coming your way for the next month in theaters and on DVD. So let's get started. No time to waste. Let's take a peek at what's coming your way in July as far as movies. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Okay, let's see what's coming your way as far as July releases, as far as movies, and uh, let's see. On July 1st, The Last Airbender makes its way from TV to the big screen, and that looks like it's going to be a pretty wild movie. And also coming out on July 9th, Predators comes to theaters, and also The Kids Are All Right with Annette Benning and Juliana Moore makes its way to theaters. And on July 9th also, look for Despicable Me with Steve Cottrell as it hits theaters, and you can check out our interview with the writers of that film in episode 117. Last week's episode, we had those two guys with us. That's right, Ken Durio and Cinco Paul. A couple of great guys. They sound like a wild bunch. Check it out. It's on episode 117 of On Screen and Beyond. And they wrote Despicable Me, which comes out on July 9th. And let's see here. We also have on July 14th, Nicolas Cage and Disney will bring the story of the Sorcerer's Apprentice to life in a live-action film, so check that one out. And July 16th, Inception comes your way, starring Leonardo DiCaprio in a sci-fi thriller. Well, that takes us through the first part of July as far as major releases, and coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at the second part of July, right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hulu. 
Well, the second half of the month of July, we can look for Salts with Angelina Jolie as it starts up as she's a uh, set-up spy. And that comes out on July 23rd. And Dinner for Schmucks arrives in theaters on July 30th with Steve Carell once again. And, of course, it's written by... Our guests, Ken Durio and Cinco Paul, the writers of Despicable Me and the writers of Dinner for Schmucks. And uh, like I said, those guys in the interview, those guys are tremendously busy. They've got all kinds of movies coming out this month, and they've also got more coming your way. So check that out. Ken Durio and Cinco Paul on On Screen and Beyond's interview on episode 117. That was last week. So check that out. And let's see. Finally, Cats and Dogs, Revenge of Kitty Galore arrives in theaters on July 30th. That's about it for movie releases in theaters. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at TV coming out on DVD right here in the month of July and On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, well, July 6th, you can look for Have Gun Will Travel Season 4, Volume 2. It stars Richard Boone in the classic TV western, and I had a chance to preview that one earlier last week and uh, put up a review on our uh, preview page for DVDs, TVs on, TV shows on DVD, so check that out at onscreenbeyond.com. And also, look for the Season 3 of The Game to arrive on DVD as well. And you can look for Rhoda Season 3, Dragnet 1967 Season 2, and Project Runway Season 7. That's all coming out on July 6th. Well, on July 13th, new arrivals to DVD will include The Lucy Show, second season, and... Saving Grace, the final season, White Collar, season one, and Allie McBeal, season three. On July 20th, it'll bring us Matlock, season five, Degrassi, the next generation, and also uh, Give Me a Break, and that's the complete series on that one, Jersey Shore, season one. And Simon and Simon Season 5 on July 27th. Uh, look for The Phil Silver Show, Sergeant Bilko, of course, Season 1. It arrives also with uh, The Mothers-in-Law, the complete series coming out on DVD. And 21 Jump Street with Johnny Depp, Season 3. And Hero, Season 4, and Hunter, the complete series, all come out on July 27th. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, we're going to take a peek at movies coming your way out on DVD for the month of July, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Okay, as far as movies coming your way on DVD in July, it looks like on July 6th, The Single Man comes to DVD. On July 13th, you can look for Chloe on DVD, as well as Our Family Wedding with Forrest Whitaker and America Ferrara. On July 20th, The Losers with Jeffrey Dean Morgan comes to DVD. Cop Out with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis in the comedy also arrives on DVD. And you can look for The Runaways with Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning. And also on July 27th, look for Clash of the Titans and Repo Men. They arrive 
on July 27th. Movies on DVD. That's about it from On Screen to Beyond. Coming up next, I had a chance to sit down with Yvonne Craig. Now, Yvonne Craig has been, she's done so many different things. Uh, most notably, you'll remember her from Star Trek, the original Star Trek. And not many people can do one show and be remembered so vividly. But she did it. She was a green alien. And she danced. And when she did that dance, everybody remembered it. And she, was, of course, of course was a Batgirl on the 60s TV classic Batman. So... I had a chance to sit down with her, talk with her about those things, a whole lot of other stuff. She's got some interesting things to tick talk about, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond has given us many memorable roles, including the green-skinned dancer Mater in the original Star Trek series and, of course, the role of Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, on the classic TV show Batman. It's Yvonne Craig. Yvonne, it's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, let's start out at the beginning. Now, you started as a serious ballet dancer, I understand. How did you move over to the crazy business of you know, acting. <laughs> Surely by accident. Yes, I started out as a ballet dancer. I was with the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo back when Ice Covered the Earth. And um, I had a teacher in New York who was ill and could not teach one summer. And uh, a friend of mine said, you could either go to Chicago and study with so-and-so, or you could go to Los Angeles and study with someone else. And I thought the stage in uh, the, the studio in Chicago had a raked stage to it and so i you know what raked stages because i'm not sure it's like a ramp and so who wants to dance on a ramp i mean you know most of the stages are flat and so i thought okay i'll go to los angeles and i was having dinner in a restaurant with a producer friend of mine and uh john ford's son patrick came to the table and said uh excuse me are you an actress my mouth was full. My mother always said, don't talk with your mouth full. So as I'm trying to choke the food down and I'm waving my finger, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, my friend said, yes, she is an actress and I'm her manager. What can I do for you? <laughs> so when you when you were young, is it uh, is that what you wanted to be? It was a dancer? Is that how it came? Absolutely. From the moment I saw the first ballet, I was 10 years old and I said, that's what I want to do. And um, and so I studied, and then I, I went to Los. I went to um, Dallas, and um, by happenstance, Alexandra Danilova, who was the prima ballerina Osluta, which is like the major ballerina in the world, um, was there teaching at that studio. Um, she was looking for a wealthy husband, and she found me instead. And she saw me dance at a Christmas party. And um, I think I was, I don't know, whether I was Cinderella or I was a fairy, I was something. And she thought I had talent, and she taught me one season and then set up a scholarship for me to go to New York and study with Mr. Balanchine at, at New York City Ballet, which was called School of American Ballet at that time. And um, so I went to New York, and I studied with all these wonderful people, but I didn't know that they were famous because, I mean, they were just my teachers, but... but 
Mr. Vladimirov had been uh, Anna Pavlova's partner. His his wife was um, uh, a woman named Dubrovska. Um, I studied with Mr. Obukov, and um, I mean, just incredible teachers. And I auditioned for the for um, Mr. Balanchine uh, to join the New York City Ballet, and at the same time, auditioned for the Ballet Russe, and I chose the Ballet Russe because they did story ballets, and that's what I'd first seen. So I want, really wanted to do Swan Lake and Nutcracker and Scheherazade. So I did. And, and it's obvious during all your performances that on TV that dance still had a lot to do with your characters. Even when you were playing Batgirl, the grace you had. Well, yes. I mean, dance did have a lot to do. Um, the producer, Howie Horowitz, did not want her to do any kind of martial arts because he thought it was unfeminine. And so he said it's fine for her to do spins and kicks and chorus girl kicks and all of these things, but we don't want you, you know, karate chopping anybody. And so um, so it worked out very well because I knew no martial arts. I knew a lot about dance, and so uh, I did my own stunts. And at that time I rode a motorcycle, so I did all my bike stunts as well, yeah. So, so you did a lot of the stunts yourself? I did all the stunts, yeah. And the stuntiest stunt was, was riding that motorcycle down the wall. You know, I, I come out of my bat cave, right. I mean yeah. out of my secret room, and uh, it looks like a brick wall. And the, the stuntman who was teaching me said, okay, when you hit this mark, make sure you just gun it, and it'll look like you're riding a wall down. It'll look really great. So I said, okay. And there was a little voice in the back of my head that said, but if it malfunctions, so I gave it full gas, but I kept my hands near the, the brakes. The wall didn't go down. And I went sliding sideways, missed it by probably an inch. And on the other side of the wall, I hear Hubie Kearns, who was the stuntman, going, she chickened out. And I thought, you devil, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going through a wall for you. <laughs> Now, before you started doing that, had you ever ridden a motorcycle before? Yes, and my sister can attest to that because we used, I used to ride a, a bike that wasn't very powerful. And we would be going up a hill, and I would give it gas, and I would give it too much gas, and we'd do a wheelie, and she'd fall off the back end, and I'd fall on top of her. And, and one day we were going to visit somebody, and I had been going up a hill, and that happened. And we were lying in the gutter laughing because we just thought, oh, it's happened again, so we're laughing. And this woman stopped her car, and she was. She thought we were crying because the body looks the same when it laughs and when it cries. And she was very angry to find out that, you know, we were not crying; that we were sitting there laughing with a bike on top of us. <laughs> she, she was. She was hoping you had been hurt. Right? She was hoping so because she wanted to be a good Samaritan, and then she was just embarrassed to have <laughs> gotten involved. <laughs> now. On, uh, you had the chance to work with Elvis in a couple of movies, right? Right. I worked with him in Kissin' Cousins, and it happened at the World's Fair. I did it happened at the World's Fair first and, and just played a brief part. I was his girlfriend, and he sang to me, and somehow in singing to me, 
compromised my virtue and um, made my father ask him if he was going to make an honest woman of me. He had a shotgun in his hand when he was asking him this. And of course, you saw Elvis leave and run out of the house. And then the second one was, was Kissing Cousins. And I was his leading lady when he was the dark Elvis who was in the service. And then he played two parts. He was also a blonde hillbilly who was my brother that fell in love with uh, Cynthia Pepper. Cynthia was a guest on the show a while back. Oh, was she? I love Cynthia. We had such a good time. We we did a, a pilot for um, a series based on Three Coins in the the movie Three Coins in the Fountain together, and uh, and we shot in Rome for a, a month. And the pilot never got going because they had, they had watered it down so because they, it, I think Jello was going to be the the sponsor. So they wanted us all to be sweet. Well, that isn't the way it was in the movie. There was one who was cynical and one who was sweet and one who was just you know an ordinary person and all of this. And uh, and so it never got sold. But Cynthia and I then traveled because we'd never been to Europe and so when when we finished shooting we didn't have to be back in the United States for another three weeks uh, to do the looping and so she and I went to uh, Venice and Vienna and Paris and London and then home. <laughs> and, and and I think if, if I remember right it's been a while since I, I had interviewed her I think she had told us about that. It was just the best time. It was just wonderful. Yeah. Were you a fan of Elvis when before you got onto these uh, movies with him? Well, I'll tell you an Elvis story. When I was traveling with the Ballet Russe, I came home one time and said to my sister, I heard the most interesting music. And she said, and what was it? And I said, you know, it was something about blue shoes. And she said, do you mean blue suede shoes? And I said, yes, that's it. And she said, do you live under a rock? That's Elvis Presley. <laughs> so I kind of knew who he was. <laughs> now, uh, in 1969, you were in Star Trek as the green-skinned Orion woman, Marta. Yeah. Um, for an actor and actress to do one guest show... And it's something that everybody, I mean, everybody remembers that. I mean, it, that really says a lot about what you, you're acting and everything. And, and the dancing brought something out. And, you know, it was a very sensual dance and everything. It, it, it's, but that's amazing that everybody remembers that one guest episode. I know. Isn't that just crazy? We had a reunion of everybody who had ever, ever, 20 years after it was all over. We had a reunion of everybody who had ever been anything, including, you know, a, a rock, <laughs> a tribble or whatever, um, in that show. At, and, and it was on a soundstage at Paramount, so everybody got to see everybody that had ever been in it. And then they, they said the most watched show was The Trouble with Tribbles. And the second most watched show was Whom Gods Destroy, which is the one I was in. And I don't know for what reason, although she was really crazy and very much fun to play. And so it may have had to do, you know, with that and that wonderful costume. It's the only time I've never stolen anything. And, and I just look back on that and think, I would love to have stolen that costume. It was just perfect. I mean, it was cut way up here and way down in the back and all funny in the front. And, and it was done by, it was executed by um, a woman who had made costumes for the Folie Bergère in Paris. And so you could dance in that thing and it never moved. 
and it was all, you know, sort of, I don't know, triangulated, and, and it, it all hinged on a hook and eye in the back <laughs> that was holding the whole thing up. It was just, it was brilliant costume. I mean, it, it, like I say, that's you know, your acting in it was was good, I mean, so good, and uh, it's just something everybody remembers that episode. That's great. It's, it's amazing. That's great. Uh, do you get a lot of people who approach you for? I mean, of course, Batgirl, but do do people approach you for Star Trek too? Well, those who are who are inveterate Trekkies, yes, because they they know I did that. But a lot of people will say. I didn't know that was you. Well, I was so covered with green. Of course, you wouldn't know who was under there. But uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't know. I mean, didn't didn't associate it with the Batgirl and also Marta. Yeah. Now, was was that a lot of time in makeup putting that on? It was a lot of time putting it on and more time taking it off. It was just it was just a nightmare. They apparently were trying to match the same the, the color of another Orion person, uh, Susan Oliver, who was in the first season, and she's the one you see in the promos. That's Susan that you see in the promos, and uh, and also she's the one that's in the um, uh, action figure. And people bring that up to me sometimes. When I was doing a convention circuit, people would bring that up and say, what well, did you sign it? And I kept saying, That's, that is not I. That is Susan Oliver. And the reason they did her was because by that time she was dead and they didn't have to license her image. And you see, they would have to have licensed mine. So, and, but I mean, you look at that costume and, and I was always, <laughs> I was always so in love with the costume I wore. I said to them, can't you tell she's wearing rags? I mean, I had a beautiful costume. <laughs> Now, um, how did you get the part for that character on Star Trek? I just went in on an audition and read. Yeah, yeah. And um, and she was supposed to be skits, and she she, certainly was. And then we did the dance. Oh, they had said to me when I went in to to audition, can you do a three-minute dance? And I said, well, are you asking me if I can physically do a three-minute dance, or are you saying can I choreograph uh, choreograph a three-minute dance? And they said, well, both. And I said, well, yes to both, but you don't want to see three minutes on film of me dancing because, I mean, that's the red shoes, for goodness sake, on a, an hour show. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been a three. It would. <laughs> I mean, everybody would have gone, oh, could we please see something else? So th- I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll choreograph a, a dance for you so I did and they set up three cameras and I walked where I was going to dance and showed them and they said fine and they shot it and then you hear them conferring and then they talked to the director and then the director said to me I said did you get it and he said it was almost like ready when you are CB you know that old joke (laughs) well okay so the, he said, no, um, apparently that camera thought the other camera was getting it, so nobody got it, really, so you have to do it again. So I did it again, but I thought, why don't they know? <laughs> now, Batgirl, I mean, that was a, a role that everybody remembers you from. Um, how did you come about getting the part? You know, it was really simple. Um, I had worked for Howie Horowitz, who was the online producer uh, for a lot of shows because he had like hundreds of hours of of television on. Um, And I I worked as a guest on some of his shows. And uh, they called me in and said, would you be interested? And I said, yes, because at that time I was looking for a series to do. And I had done a couple of pilots that didn't go. 
and this was an established show and a, a hit established show, which makes it all the better. And um, and so all they did was say, okay, well, he did say, uh, well, I'm sure you know our show. And I said, well, actually, I don't. I mean, I've never seen it because because I don't watch comics. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch comic book re- re- reenactment. So anyway, I said to him, no, I haven't seen your show, but if I get the part, I will watch this summer, you know, when you're in reruns, to figure out where I fit into the whole scheme of things. So they did a seven-minute presentation that was only for the eyes of the ne- network executives. And they were supposed to, it was... They, they were supposed to decide whether they wanted to incorporate that character, both Barbara Gordon and Batgirl, into the, the series in the fall. And, and so we didn't know, and they saw it, and nobody knew. And then they said, we're going to, um, we're going to Chicago for a meeting of the um, affiliates, and we would like you to go, but we don't know whether you're really going to be on the show or not. Would you be willing to do that? And I said, as long as you don't say... Okay, everyone who's on Wednesday night stand up, not so fast, Yvonne. So he said, okay. I didn't know until we were headed through the tunnel to go into the auditorium that it was that they had picked it up. And so as we were walking through, um, I can't remember who told me, but somebody said, okay. They said yes, and you will be on in the fall. So then we get in there, and um, they're they're calling out. You know, I was excited, and they were calling the names of people who were going to be on, and I thought they said, and here she is, Bat Girl. So I start out on the stage, and somebody grabbed me. They had said, and here she is, that girl, and it was Marlo Thomas. Oh my gosh! So I almost ran into her on stage. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Luckily, somebody grabbed me in time. Yeah, uh, too, too close a name there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I, did Being the, the new kid on the block when you were on the show, did everybody take you right in or was you you know you sort of set aside or you know they were so welcoming everybody was nice to me i mean when i look back on it they they were trying to cram in you know adam as as bruce wayne and batman bert with with robin and dick grayson um the commissioner his assistant the chief of police um you know alfred the butler all of and a villain every week. So, I mean, my gosh, you're taking up anybody that just, you know, ran through was taking up some of their screen time. And yet they never they they never even thought about that, I guess. Or if they did think about it, they certainly didn't pass it on to me. So everybody was really nice. And and when I look back on it and, and then have done subsequently have done lots of guest shots on television and you see how the cast and crew get along ours was heaven 
I mean, everybody, everybody wanted to be there. Everybody got along with everybody. I mean, the cast liked one another. The crew liked one another. The guest stars couldn't wait to appear because it was so, it was such a unique experience. Well, and it, wanted to be a they all on. wanted to be on it. Yeah. yeah, because normally they were doing something that they didn't do in their in their normal everyday career. So it was just, it was terrific. I couldn't believe that I was getting this job and they were paying me for it and but I did not not accept the pay <laughs> but it but it uh, you know a series does a wonderful thing uh, aside from giving you a place to go and uh, and paying you admirably and allowing you a finite time off so that you can do with your life what you want to not saying well I have to stay in town because you know my agents may call me and I'll get a guest shot or whatever um, it, it attaches a name to a face. People saw me a lot on episodic TV, and I'm sure they would say, oh, that's, um, um, I don't know who she is, but we see her all the time. Well, once you see somebody at the same time, every single week for 26 episodes, then you say, oh, that's Yvonne Craig, or so I thought. So now I'm in a supermarket one time, and this little girl comes up to me, and she says, I know who you really are. And I think, yes. She said, you're Batgirl. And I said, yes. And she said, but I know who you really are. And I said, yes. And I thought she was going to say, you're Yvonne Craig. And she said, you're really Barbara Gordon. And I thought, this is not working. <laughs> now, we had Julie Newmar as a guest one time about a year ago. And um, she talked about her costume and about how she helped design it. Did, did you have any say or... Was that a difficult costume to wear? No, I've heard that story from Julie. The costume designer who designed that costume and Julie's costume and Lee Merriweather's costume was an award-winning designer. So as far as Julie designing her costume, I'm sorry, but she didn't. <laughs> and I didn't design mine. Mine was based on theirs, but... Um, but but mine was funnily different because, and I don't know why, but uh, Hallie Horowitz had said to, to, they designed it, and, and I wore it, and it was wonderful, and it, it felt fine, and, and it had a zipper all the way up the back, and it wasn't uncomfortable at all, and it was a stretch fabric, and so on and so forth. But but the first incarnation of that costume, when we were doing the, the, the seven-minute uh, presentation, Hallie said to Pat Bartow, who was the, the designer, Pat, one of the... No, actually, two of the reasons we hired Yvonne are being crushed by that top. And so she said, I can fix it. So she cut it on the bias and put a seam down the front, and it worked for Howie. Um, now, do you ever see the cast, any others of the cast? I just saw the cast this last weekend. I, I, I don't do the convention circuit at all. I mean, I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that, I guess, about eight years ago, maybe, just because I did it for 10 years, and, and I think you should know when to get off. And you should get off when people say, oh, you know, I was happy to have seen her, not, oh, my God, is she back? And so, <laughs> and so I thought, all right, everybody who has wanted to see me has seen me, and if they haven't, it's their fault, not mine, because I was there. So I'm off. But last weekend, I, I saw Bert and Adam and Julie 
and Lee Merriweather and um, uh, Malachi Throne, with whom I had not worked on Batman, but apparently he played a character on Batman. And so we were all at the convention center. It was just nice to see them and catch up. So Lee and I sat around and talked, and, and I, you know, and I got to go poke at him in the ribs and pinch <laughs> and pinch Bert and, and catch up on, uh, you know, how his daughter is, because I remember her when she was four, and now she's like, 20 or something. <laughs> yeah. Time goes by quickly. It does. It does. So anyway, it was a nice experience. But otherwise, I don't do those. Yeah. Did you ever keep any souvenirs from the show or anything like that? No. All of that stuff. I, I have always maintained that the props and the costumes, unless you specifically say to them, I would like to buy that or I may I have it, belong to the studio or to the wardrobe department. So no, I've never taken anything. And, uh, and I consider it stealing if you do. <laughs> and being a good citizen and a crime fighter, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. I had read that you had actually worked with um, some of the people who were guest stars on Batman with you, like uh, uh, Caesar uh, Romero, uh, the gentleman who played your father, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yes, yes, but I we didn't know that. I mean, he never knew it, nor did I, until the show was over and somebody said to me, "You both were on," you know, I, I and I don't even remember what it was. It was. It may have been a Perry Mason, yeah, but but we we honestly didn't talk about it with one another because we didn't know. Now I had also worked with uh, Cesar Romero, and we had done a movie called oh, you'll love this title Seven Women from Hell. <laughs> It was in the days when they had titillating titles that had nothing to do with anything. Um, we were we were prisoners of war uh, during the Second World War, and um, and we were in uh, on an island with a Dutch planter, and he was harboring us because we had escaped, and so and and the the Dutch planter was helping us, and um, I was a young pregnant wife, and my husband was John Kerr. And and so and it was funny because we shot it in Hawaii, and we stayed in a hotel, and so we really didn't have sets or anything. And so I was padded to look pregnant, and we we're all going out to a. And they were so nice to me. I mean, everybody was really, you know, oh, go sit over here and get in the shade and all this stuff. And and so I thought, well, you know, I'm Celtic and I look like I need to be in the shade. And so that was fine. And then one one woman said to me, "And when are you having the baby?" And I said, "Oh." Well, I think on Friday, unless it rains, and then we'll probably... Well, she thought I was really pregnant, and <laughs> she must have thought I was also nuts. I mean, unless it rains, I'm not having this baby. <laughs> so, it sounds like it was a serious movie, but then some executive sitting in his office says... Let's name it this. Yes, well, the first movie I ever did was something called 18 and Anxious. And she was neither 18 nor anxious as far as I could tell. So, yeah, it was just, you know, nutty times. Yeah. I don't know. Some of the, You wonder how some of these things yeah. come about. <laughs> Any memorable moments from when you were on Batman? Oh, so many. Besides your, like your motorcycle one you were telling us about. Oh, that motorcycle one. Well, then there's another motorcycle one. My favorite... My favorite villain, uh, not for his villainy, but because I just loved talking to him, was uh, uh, Vic, uh, Vincent Price. 
And he played Egghead, yes, and or Mr. Og. Anyway, um, he was just wonderful, and I always looked forward to working with him. And and he was supposed to ride on the back of my motorcycle in one of these scenes. And I said to him, you know, um, the motorcycle didn't have any shocks on it, so it was a really bumpy ride. And I said something about, you know, I've never driven with anybody on the back end, so, you know, if it looks like I'm going to dump this thing, uh, jump clear. He said, oh, darling, I just have to stand up because you could ride it right out from under me because you're so tall. So I thought, okay, well, he's safe. So we rode into a scene. He jumped off the back. He ran to the front, and my hands are small, and I was trying to put the brakes on, and apparently I pulled it back and gave it gas, and I ran over his foot. And and then not only did I run over his foot, but I couldn't get it stopped. I went, oh, oh you know, like, oh, my goodness. And th- I ran over it a second time, oh, whereupon he straight-armed the bike, and, we, and I flooded it, and we got it stopped. And so <laughs> I said to him, I, I'm so sorry. And he said, well, had I known we were going to play it this way, I'd have said, ole. <laughs> now, did he get hurt? Or? No, he wasn't hurt at all. But I sent him a bottle of champagne and said, you know, if you don't drink, soak your foot in this. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, uh, but I, I want to take a step away from all your acting and yes. ask you just two questions okay. that I, I like to ask the, the people. Um, and. You may not have the same answer as everybody else. I know you won't. Of all the TV shows that have been on, not ones that you've been in, Mm -hmm. but what is your favorite TV show or TV shows? Oh, you mean right now? Uh, Right now or or, of just what you enjoy. I have never, from the moment they started, missed a segment of The Big Bang. It's wonderful. The Big Bang Theory. Yes. 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 And when I'm not at home, and I'm not at home now, we TiVo it so that I can watch it. I just love them, and I just adore... Oh, it is. It is. And my hairdresser, the the reason I I even watched it the first time was because she said, you know, I'm doing the hairdressing on this show. I did a pilot, and she said, and I think it's really funny. And so I said, what is it? And she said, well, it's called The Big Bang Theory. And and when I first saw it, I loved it, but I... Things I like go off the air immediately because I, you know, it's yeah. My I don't have the same sort of taste that everybody else does, and so I figured, well, this won't last, and I don't know where you can go, you know, for more than a more than a single uh, uh, season with something that's predicated on you know this. Well, it's just gone gangbusters, and now I know where you go, and it's just wonderful, and I wouldn't miss it for anything. And that's far as comedy is concerned. I think probably the best, the best drama series on the air today are done by this Ridley Scott and his brother, and it's called The Good Wife, with Juliana Margulies, and and it's just, I'd never miss it. And if I do miss it, I tivo that and look. <laughs> but those are my favorites. Yeah. Now, what about movies? Movies. Not just new ones. Of all time, what okay. what of you all enjoy? Time favorite movies. Um, Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. It was just brilliantly done. It was just brilliantly done, and he just—I don't know—you can't not watch him. And when he does that Saint Christendom's speech you have tears in your eyes i'm sitting there and there was another man oh there were only two of us this is really sad but there were only two of us in the audience and i'm hearing and i look over and i'm crying and he's crying it's just wonderful 
And um, years and years ago, uh, a, a movie that Marlon Brando was in uh, and directed called One-Eyed Jacks. You can smell that town. You can. It's just great. And, um, and oddly enough, Pulp Fiction. I loved Pulp Fiction. And I, have it, and I took my husband to see it because I, I, just, I like nonlinear film. So I took my husband to see it, and he said, <laughs> number one, he said, I have to go to the bathroom. I said, you can't go. You can't leave your seat because it's nonlinear. And if you miss it, you won't know how, I mean, you don't know how to piece it together. So he, so he acquiesced, and then he's sitting there, and he said, could we leave? And I said, okay, you can go to the bathroom. And he said, no, no, I mean, can we leave? I hate this movie. So we, <laughs> we get in the car, and I say to him, and what is it do you not like about this movie? I mean, I love this movie. What did you not like? And he said, I don't like seeing scuzzy people do scuzzy things. And I said, oh, okay. So then there's silence and we're driving home. I said, I have to tell you something. You know, we have a history, so it's okay. But if this were our first date, I would never see you again. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a little disagreement there. Well, it wasn't really a disagreement, but it was kind of like, okay. So if he's not willing <laughs> to, <laughs> to go along with this, well, then I don't want to date him. But, but since I'm married to him and I know he's wonderful, it's okay. <laughs> well, Yvonne, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. <laughs> You're more than welcome. It's been my pleasure. Yvonne Craig, Batgirl. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us. She's a wonderful person, and we had a lot of good things to talk about uh, off the mic when we were doing the recording everything after. We spent a little time together there for a couple of days, actually, talking, and uh, so it was kind of fun. And uh, let's see here. I want to remind you to check out On Screen and Beyond on Facebook and MySpace. Now, a lot of you have joined and, you know, gotten onto our MySpace and our Facebook. So uh, we want to invite all the rest of you on there to come and join us, too. And you can find the link at the bottom of our homepage. And it took us quite a while to get on Facebook, um, only because uh, we were preparing for the change for the looks of the website and and all the other things going on, and we just never got around to it. But finally, we did it, and we hope that you're going to join us, and uh, we'll keep you posted on special events and other things that are coming your way. So I hope you'll check us out on uh, Facebook, and of course, we've been on MySpace for quite a while. And I'm in the process of connecting with some great guests coming up in the next few weeks, so I hope you'll keep listening, keep watching out for that, and thanks for listening. Till next week, this is Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>